I never want to do anything interesting. I don't think that's a fair criticism. Fuck me next to your dead mom, then. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Underrated, a podcast where we talk about films that are underrated, underappreciated, and ones that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by. Uh, as always, I am one of your co-hosts here, Derek McDuff. And joining me, as usual, is Ariel Ortiz. Hello! Alan Torres uh, is taking a little bit of a break this week, but we are joined by another guest, a special guest from the Matt and Mark movie show, Matt himself. How's it going, Matt? Hi! Thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, um, you know, your show is great. I've been on it, um, so I had a lot of fun with that, so... Once we had an, I had an opportunity to like we needed to get a guest on. You were the first person I thought of, so um, and it's it's interesting that you're here, kind of filling in for Alan because this is such an Alan pick. Like it's kind of perfect. <laughs> um, so I think he's a little sad that you know the, the time he missed is like this movie. Um, because I know he loves this movie, but um, yeah, this is uh, I'll kind of describe it before we get too much into it. Um, it's a 2011 uh, slasher film written and directed by Adam Wingard. Um. Also, oh, sorry, written, edited by Adam Wingard, written by uh, Simon Barrett, um, with kind of a smaller ensemble cast. It's one of those kind of like smaller budget slasher movies that, you know, kind of shows up, does all right. Uh, the budget was, you know, it's only a million dollar budget, so it's hard to not make money on that. But yeah, it just kind of never really got too big and popular. But I'll, I'll let you take it from here, Matt, and why don't you tell us um, when I I pitched you the like come on underrated what show do you want to or what movie do you want to talk about and this was this was your pick. Yeah, this is almost always my pick when anybody even says like, hey, I'm looking for an underrated movie or a movie I haven't seen in a while. And and regardless of whether or not that person who asks me watches horror, your next is always the thing that pops into my head simply because um, I think it's a movie that. If you're it, it kind of to me it's like many flavors at once. Like if you're not a horror fan it will appeal to you. If you're a horror fan, you're in the bag for it. Um, and I, I think, is, is it okay to spoil a little, just sort of like something here in this opening statement? Here? Yeah, we, we can spoil. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, if yeah. you haven't watched it, stop right now, go watch the movie. It's only like 90 minutes long, and then come mm -hmm. back, because we're a full spoiler podcast here. Thank you for that. Well, because the reason I say that is because the, the thing I often sell people on is, hey, look, this is the first movie I think that truly weaponizes the final girl. Um, it, she's not just a survivor. She's not just somebody who endures and goes through this. It's like, it's funny because you're seeing now Laurie Strode uh, in the new Halloween series are sort of trying to retroactively do this to her. To me, you're next. It's just like, it's a horror movie, kind of. I tell people it's actually, it's like a secret Rambo movie that happens to start <laughs> final girl in a horror movie. And I'm like, if that sounds exciting to you, you're going to love this movie. I was also laughing, too, because I listened to you guys' Begin Again episode, and I was like, oh, wow, you guys are starting off the new year on this nice, optimistic note, and I'm coming in with this movie that sends a crossbow <laughs> through your window. <laughs> the way, like, I just remember real, real, real fast, like, the way, because, like, it's kind of like 10 minutes, which is like, okay, there's like, table setting, and, oh, they're, they're, you know, they're, you see a little bit of, like, oh, maybe somebody's getting murdered, but then it's just, like, horrible people talking to each other. It's like, this guy got like, what's that in the window? And then boom, like crossbow through the face, like right, like usually like these things will be like a slow burn, like somebody's gonna get murdered and then maybe somebody will find it. It's like, no, fucking crossbow right through the window into this dude's head. We're off to the races. And I fucking loved that. 
Yeah, it really does. Like, and, and that's see exactly that reaction is what I tell people. It's like, if this is to me, this is like a great midnight movie to see with a rowdy crowd, cheap beer. Like, you're gonna have fun. Like, you're gonna cheer. It's great. And there are some nasty surprises. Um, mm. So yeah, that's why I think it appeals to a bigger demographic than I think you would think this movie kind of does on paper. And that's why I oh, it, it randomly, um, you know, this movie came out. Well, it was supposed to come out in 2011, and then they held back for two years. I don't know why. And so people didn't get to see it until 2013. I feel like that's always the story for a movie like this. Somehow, it just keeps kind of getting pushed further on the shelf, further on the shelf, and we move away from things. And, you know, especially like when I see a movie like Ready or Not, which is a fantastic movie. When I see a movie like Ready or Not come out, I'm like, man, it is. it almost feels like the sister movie to Your Next. And like, that's exactly that what it got is. a lot of attention, and Your Next really doesn't. So if you haven't seen the movie... Go watch it. It's awesome. Don't watch it with your parents or something. But like, just watch it. You'll have a great time. Yeah, yeah. No, I felt very much like watching this and knowing that it came out before Ready or Not. Like, I was like, this is like, yeah, very much like Ready or Not, especially with the, the main character. Like, like um, in Ready or Not, she she um, kind of starts like not knowing like what the heck's going. I think, but I think that's just kind of like ties into like she cannot believe what's going on where where and but she does eventually become like a weaponized like she a capable person which you like and then but with this one she just because of her past as a survivalist just jumps into that mode and i really did enjoy it it was kind of like um i was like of course the 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 um australian would know what to do kind of thing too <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, yeah. the giant spiders and pterodactyls and shit every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I did like like the the her the backstory that that they gave her, and even just like very quickly like going through it, and 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 I really liked like they didn't like they made it understandable and really digestible. Um, to to kind of get that okay, this is why she's like this, and oh no, she hasn't told her new like pretty new boyfriend. Like you know they're they're boyfriend girlfriend but yeah like it's definitely is something that would be brought up like in like you know the second year or whatever of dating um but yeah i did really enjoy it i was i was expecting like a scarier movie which i i was like all right i was gonna just suck it up i'm not one too much for horror movies i'm barely starting to like kind of like start watch more and more horror movies but i, I think of this more of as a thriller movie but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, I wasn't expecting like the second twist to happen, which is very much that's why I was like, now watching this, um, you know, after seeing Ready or Not, I'm like, did they like, yeah, did were they were they like kind of directly inspired by these twists, you know, and stuff? Um, because you kind of have a similar twist, uh, the second twist in, in the the um, Ready or Not, um. But don't spoil but yeah, ready did, or not. <laughs> yeah, don't spoil ready or not. Yeah, but um, um, but yeah, I did enjoy it. I I I, I was like, when it started, and the mystery kind of started. I I really do like that that there was very much mystery connected to the story and like trying to figure out like yeah, why are they get, being killed? Like, technically they are rich, but you you know it's it's more so it's kind of like he was just an accountant for for like you know like i guess like the cia government kind like of a like halliburton i think kind of okay yeah. yeah 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 so um 
And then, and then I thought more so that like it was like something was going to be up about the mom because like going in, I thought, okay, this is this like a horror movie, like or like I know there was like home invaders and stuff like that, but like I thought it was going to be more tied to the mom because they gave like that kind of like off candid like comment that oh yeah, your mom like my mom's like kind of like has problems and stuff. And I really thought that the mom was going to become like a bit more of a, like an important character because of that, like you know, kind of. Like, reading into that um but yeah de for the acting wise definitely like something that you would expect from this kind of movie um i think i prefer i i liked the the main girl in in this movie but i kind of like the acting of since we're going on with the comparisons of ready or not i kind of like the acting of ready or not a little bit more but i think that was because that one like um they knew what they were and a bit more and like kind of played into that kind of zany craziness whereas this one it was a bit more grounded like the the psychoticness of of the murderers the killers was um very much like kind of like creepier like especially with um with the like i guess kind of like the head of 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 the killers like how he was just like breathing hardly it was what he wasn't Brandon Flower. No, he's at the head of the killers. I'm sorry. I just... Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but it kind of works. Um, that guy does yeah. a little like Brandon Flowers. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I guess it's it's the other one, like the one that the that had his brother killed. But like when he killed um the sister in law, um, I was like, oh, or, like even that too. Like it, I love the mystery of this movie because like even that you're like. Or they're just like crazy psychotic. They want to kill people because he kind of like breeds heavenly, and you think like, oh, is this like an enjoyment to him and stuff like that? So like you you kind of like there's multiple like trains that that are on the track of like which one is it gonna be? And I did enjoy. I I think like me I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because um of what track they ended up going with. Because it made sense and it was a, a bit more like I feel like yeah this is a bit more grounded version of Ready or Not kind of thing like they are sisters but I think this is more the more sensible sister in a way <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> right this is the sister that like bought a Lexus and has like a <laughs> house and like is like ah, I'm a career lady I've got it all yeah <laughs> she's that sister. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I, I really loved it, too. You know, uh, going into it, I wasn't really sure what this was going to be. And I think it's interesting that you guys both kind of describe it as, like, not exactly a horror movie. Because it's not really, it's like, it deals, it's like kind of a slasher, but it deals with action movie tropes, I think, a lot. And I think that the main character is almost an action movie protagonist, more than, like, the kind of traditional final girl. And I think that's, you know, right on with what you said about, like, her the kind of, like, taking charge and not being the victim. She's, like no, fuck this, I'm gonna, like, do some Home Alone traps and, like, fuck these guys up and do all, like, be the survivalist, and I, I really dug that, but, um, the thing that really did it for me was, I think that this movie, and I think this is what you're kind of talking about, Ariel, where you're like, oh, it's, it seems more grounded, but at the end, it, I think it gets a little bit more, not zany, but kind of just like, oh, this is a different thing than we were initially watching, and I really appreciated that, because at the beginning, it seems like, oh, this is just kind of, like, these are just crazy people coming out to kill them. These are the Hills Have Eyes. These are the crazies. It's Michael Myers. It's Jason Voorhees. It's just the faceless more, evil. More so the strangers. The, or yeah. Another, like, just like, another classic thrill. It, yeah. It's the faceless evil coming to get you, right? And mm -hmm. like, 
I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, that's what kind of movie we're in for. And it just kind of reminded me of, I was recently in Seattle and I took a visit to the Museum of Pop Culture. And I think it was Guillermo del Toro, somebody in like the horror exhibit, there was like a little video of them talking and they were like, there's two kinds of horror stories, essentially. There's the ones where it's like, you know, you're sitting at the campfire and the tribal elders like, what's you've got to be afraid of is what's out there. That's the scary thing. That's, that's, you know, a lot of horror stories. And that's how this one is set up to be. And then he's like, the second kind of horror story is like, what's actually scary is like, what's inside, what's like here at the campfire. It's, the, it's yourself, it's the people around you. And that's what this movie, is like, kind of like when it does the twist reveals, like, no, no, the, the twist isn't like the other, the quote unquote other out there. It's the people like, you know, it's your boyfriend, it's his family. They're the ones who are coming to kill you. And I love that little switcheroo that it does on you where it's like, because those as he pointed out in the museum, is like those stories are so much harder to tell. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that it does, it really masterfully, like, just kind of did the old, the, just kind of the old switcheroo on you, like making you think, okay, this is just the generic, you know, like the bad guys are coming out to get you, but it's like, no, you can't trust people. Fuck people. Like, these people are all horrible. And just, I love just because I, and I also love the way it, it ends really darkly but like it's a that i'm always talking about bittersweet endings it's the, definitely a bittersweet ending where it's like yeah everybody gets fucking killed she's technically alive but she gets shot in the shoulder and she ends up killing a cop you know and that like darkness and the dark humor that it ends with where it's just like it's like smashes the cop's head and it's like you're, there's like little lines where he's like when he's like i did it all for you and like you need we're an essential part of this and all that stuff i thought was so good or when like z is like fuck me next to your dead mom and he's like are you what is happening right now <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah I, oh my god i i loved absolutely all of that this is just this is a perfect little like 90 minute slasher like this is what i want from slasher films because i have not really been a big slasher movie guy my whole life but the way that it just tweaked it just enough to kind of give it this really interesting vibe and to kind of make it more about an inward horror than just kind of an outward horror um, was really interesting, I thought. Yeah, I also love that, um, you know, in the spirit of of you saying like, right, so it, it doesn't feel like a horror movie, right, at its core, but it's just so funny because it, you know, if you look at, I, I'm a, I've become a big Adam Wingard fan, and this is really what started it for me. And he kind of remade this movie in The Guest. If you haven't seen The Guest, you should oh, see it immediately. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's like the. It has, it yeah. has our man, um, Dan Stevens. Yeah. Oh. And it's basically the same thing. It's like, you know, this guy is pushed to a point. He's got these lethal skills and he goes to town. And it, so it's a story that Adam Wingard has told before. But I love that he's got these sort of horror sensibilities inside of an action movie. Like I think about the sort of coldness of the characters in this. Like there's a great moment in this movie in your next where um, when it's revealed, one of the brothers is in on it and has orchestrated this huge mass murder of his family and he has hired these masked killers right there's a bit where he's where that's revealed and he's talking to um i think it's the wolf mask and then that guy pulls an earbud out he's like what Mm -hmm. and it's this really cold moment of like i was like that guy 
has been like, I don't know what he's doing, listening to Bill Simmons, or he's like listening, to, like he's been killing people all night and just like in his own world, like on his phone, listening to something. I'm like, that's the cold area, right? And then at the same time, Wingard is also playing with these sort of big gladiatorial feeling set pieces. Like, oh man, she's setting up, like you said, the Home Alone traps. She's got a she's got a meat tenderizer that she pounds someone's head in with. Like he he gives into these these sort of like action instincts and it's just so fun like i have always been a gigantic fan of like the one man army or in this case the one woman army movies i'd love to see rambo tear through people that's that's like a fun friday night to me and this movie does that it's like i can't believe that no other horror movie has done this yet because even in something like ready or not where once samara weaving is game to sort of start fighting back, it still feels very reactionary. Like she's someone who is, you know, taking what she's given and using her environment, um, you know, to, to dispatch these guys. Right. Whereas the character in this movie, Aaron is now actively a threat. It's like you released, you like took your foot off this like sleeping monster's throat basically. And now she's just going to start taking people out. And there's a hilarious line. Like I love that the movie actually acknowledges this at one point. Somebody says to her, uh, oh, no, it's when the boyfriend at the end comes in and he goes, mm-hmm. no one had any idea you would be so good at killing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. these like these like paid killers, these like military guys have been running around mm-hmm. using crossbows. And that stuff now looks like so rudimentary next to her like MacGyver murder methods. Just yeah. like, <laughs> I took this meat tenderizer. I've, I'm boiling a pot of water. I couldn't wait for that. It was like Chekhov's boiling pot of water. I couldn't wait for those Home Alone nail traps mm-hmm. to get set off. I was... It's just, it, this movie's a fun house. It's a murdery fun house. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you hit on something because the moment that I was really like, it went from being like, this is interesting, this is fine, to be like, oh, wait, I, I really am into this, was when she, like, actually, like, stabs the guy and he's, like, cries out in pain. Because you never hear that in these slash movies. They're always, like, invincible, like, they, like you know, you get Michael Myers and he's down on the ground for a second, then it's, like, a music cue and he's gone. It's, like, what, and it, that kind of plays up, but, like, he has, like, a moment where he's, like, in pain. It's, like, oh, wait, these guys are not invincible. It tells you right there that you can, that she is going to fight back and kind of do some damage to these guys. And it's almost like if John Wick was in a slash, like, if, you yep, know, exactly. Freddy Krueger is coming after jo- John Wick and it's, like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, this guy is more than a match for this killer, which is something that is not typical for the genre. And I thought that was a really interesting way to play it. No, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I got, it was like, yeah, instantaneous. I wasn't expecting her to be like the Rambo character. Cause yeah, like she, she, I, I thought, yeah, she, they, she, they present her as the main character, but I thought, yeah, it was going to be a little bit more like how the character in Ready or Not is and like reactory, like you said, um, Matt. Um, but she, her automatically switching on, it, it makes you like exactly how the family is of like, what the hell is going on? How how do you know all this stuff? Like, uh, like and stuff, and just her push, not even like batting an eye at most parts, you know, kind of like yeah, like a John Wick of just like with the crossbow, you know, when they start shooting crossbow um things at the beginning of like just like okay, get down, everybody get down, and like and just an automatic like reaction, and and that definitely shows her character, and it did a very well job of showing who her character is like right away and you know and and that's the thing that that this movie did really well is jump into the story really quickly and i think that's why it's like it didn't matter like if 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 you didn't like 
if the you know the dialogue or between between the the family members was kind of awkward and and stuff like that because that's not the point of this movie. The point of this movie is this survival outback girl like going after killers or not even going after them, just them like attacking her and her just like doing what she needs to do and um and yeah, I mean like there was definitely moments where it's just like oh man, like like with all the kill the killers get are the ones that get the which is the you know the flip of the of these of this movie the killers are the ones that get the lucky breaks from her you know <laughs> so yes. so um but because one moment that i was not expecting and with no hesitation she jumps out the window like like i was not expecting that like and i was like it was a blink and you missed it moment because it i i yeah like I felt like the killer because like she just jumps out the window like no hesitation at all and I really love that and like um yeah like I just I now talk which is the case of all always on the on this podcast the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I like it and like um and I just wish that yeah like she didn't this and the cop looks so stupid like he she he was the cop he was like without him saying any words like just the way that he was acting you know, like of course you would shoot you I'm like as soon as that cop showed up and shot her, I was like fucking a cab man god damn it uh no no it was just like the it was just the fact that yeah like he just looked like the stupid idiot and like so yeah when he got he got um you know um hatcheted at at the end i was like yeah fine he deserves yeah, good. it good i was like oh no a dead oh no this this fucking cop who shot first oh no I, okay you're hitting on something that i also really like about this movie is it sounds really dark and it is but it's also mm -hmm. really funny like yes as it gets more fucked up it gets funnier like look at first i will admit when that garrot wire is revealed and slid across the door and the sister runs and and basically beheads herself on it um at first you're horrified and then when you realize what's going on like you almost kind of laugh uncomfortably because you're like that that's sort of genius and then when that's paid off when the when the jerk brother has the arrow in his back and he tries to run out and he <laughs> rot wire oh, yeah. the arrow and he like is like oh fuck like it totally works like that joke works um and there are lots of funny bits like that in the movie especially the ending with that axe trap finally going off because you're like okay they spent all this time watching her set this thing up we're waiting it's like Chekhov's gun when this thing's gonna go off when's it gonna go off and it goes off at the worst possible time and that guy has like a silly over-the-top expression and it almost is like um it's like a it's my favorite subgenre now it's called splat stick where it's like the funny yeah. splatter movie uh, it's like such a splat stick moment when that when that hatchet comes down and it just goes right to the red text at the end. It's just such a sweet, funny, like Looney Tune moment. It's great. It's almost yeah. like the opening of um, Cabin in the Woods, where it just kind of like cuts mm -hmm. to like, although like there's not a violent thing to it, but it just like kind of like bam, like it just hits you with like the title card. I fucking love that. Yeah. So, yeah. And they uh, use that title too on the um, mm -hmm. in the beginning when they're still sort of setting up the mystique of the movie when the killers, you know, write your next on the neighbor's house. Right. And it's just really effective. It like frames, you know, really nicely frames that, that killer in the shot so that you get the, the whole text on screen and you're like, Oh, this is going to be one of these kinds of movies. And the next time you see it, it's actually quite funny. Yeah. 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 It definitely yeah. does a really good job of sub like setting up and then immediately subverting your expectations consistently throughout the movie where it felt like a different movie when I started it and when I watched it. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and like it, it definitely dark humor moments, like it, it too of of also that that brother, like when the other brother, the one that like set up and set up this whole thing, started stabbing the other brother, and he's just like, just die, like just like he's you just know how like, hard this is no, for me. me. Yeah, that's why it's like at one point I'm like kind of like. um I don't know about let down, but I was expecting, like, especially with that that moment that you said of like all of them, essentially being very cold to like the death of of the dad and stuff. I was expecting him to be very cold blooded too, but then to for him to turn into like essentially like a what he is is like a spoiled rich kid that just wants more money because he doesn't want to share. It's kind of like it, it on both sides of like I I I'm. I like it, but then I'm like, oh, but I like that he was like kind of like at first presented as very cold blooded, and they were all psych psychos and <laughs> and psychotic and stuff. Um, but yeah, like I I just and and then it, it the the killing of the kills, um, they get more and more extravagant too, <laughs> like like because it because she's essentially you know with knives and a meat tenderizer which is like she grabbed it from the kitchen and stuff but then at the end you got a blender like you like, that was so great <laughs> <laughs> and i love which that she like, admits to that later too killed him with a blender she says it's so cold <laughs> it's so good mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah i love that moment like with her confronting the the boyfriend and you know like you know this woman is not going to like t you know turn suddenly it would have been awesome if that 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 would have taken me by surprise but for me i'm like she doesn't she's none of this bullshit is going to convince her to like accept your you know plan or go through with your plan or lie or whatever no she's like done you know <laughs> so so yeah um uh but but yeah it, i i just i enjoyed it a lot and yeah Oh, I was just going to say that um, I, I loved hearing that because, you know, I have recommended this movie to people and have like, you know, gotten like, whoa, 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 like not into this. And it's clear they like didn't watch past the first act because they mm -hmm. it, them, you know, it still feels like a home invasion movie. And I'm like, hey, look, I don't like home invasion movies either. All right. Well, I think we're all I think I think we as adults all need to admit that we all fear the home invasion thriller. I think like. <laughs> nobody likes these movies we're all just kind of pretending we do and that's the thing is like this is not a home invasion movie don't be turned off by that i love hearing that you both enjoyed it because it, it is it's just like it's just like a fun neat little calling card for for adam wingard I'm, I'm just so happy that um that this movie exists i also like um by the way too it has a lot of horror lineage and horror heritage in the movie the mom is played by barbara crampton from reanimator and from beyond um you've got other horror directors turning up for cameos like the boyfriend the first boyfriend who gets the crossbow in his head is played by ty west who's the director of house of the devil and uh the innkeepers he's got a new movie uh, coming from a24 called x that the trailer just came out today so it's just cool like it's clearly a passion project these are all friends they're peers who you know pop into each other's movies help out in each other's movies so it really is just like a fun almost like a little mini horror convention of of these kind of cool horror people yeah it definitely has those vibes where you, i'm kind of like looking at it, it's like none of these people are like even on the d list i feel like these are all just kind of like 
people who like really it's like the early like evil dead movies about how you know like you were saying how you know it's just a bunch of friends who get together and really want to make a horror movie and i you know horror movies uh are really cheap to make and so you can make really good ones if like you have a good script and you have good actors and stuff like that for like you know not very much money like we said it was a million dollars to make this movie and so i think that it has kind of you know been slipping under the radar and just kind of been this kind of like hidden gem in the horror genre yeah, and I think that's very like like we've been saying throughout this whole movie is like, um, it it it, it kind of like presents itself as not as being a full horror movie and not a thriller, and that might have been a, a thing that that kind of like capped it off um, from you know like being exposed a bit more because uh, to me like especially the poster it, it looks like a horror movie, and I I don't know about the trailers, but. But definitely, like, the poster looks like a horror movie, like, you know, like a, um, and not, like, a, a more of a thriller that it is. And that's something that I think the marketing of Ready or Not did pretty well. I'm, I'm going to be comparing them, sorry, but yeah. Um, did really well of, like, presenting that in the trailers and in the, the poster. Like, the poster for Ready, for Ready or Not seems definitely a lot more as, like, a action movie, um, than it does a thriller. Which it, it like this and and um and and um ready not kind of share you know there there's like that action thriller um movie so so that might have been a, a kind of barrier for it as well. Well, I think that it for me that really works to its advantage that I liked if I had known this was what it was going in, uh, and I would have lost that like surprise factor. I still would have like really enjoyed it just as much as I did, but it gave me that little like oh wow this is what this is moment. And I thought that was so cool that it was able to kind of trick me like that. Yeah. It definitely adds to like the enjoyment of it. But I think that like people have like, if you're, if people are presented a horror movie and they do not like horror, they're not going to go to it. But it, the, those same people might, might enjoy are probably going to, if they like thrillers in general, they're going to enjoy this because it's a thriller, not a horror movie. So hundred percent. I also think the imagery on the posters of like, I think this movie was probably one of those movies and I don't recall exactly, but like, I, I'm sure it was marketed with like the masked killers. Like I would, I logged this on letterbox. The image is of the Fox mask guy with like mm -hmm. blood splattered across his mask. And I'm like, yeah, that turns off your non horror fans right away. Whereas I think in the marketing for something like this, if you fully avoid the masked people, you can just sell it as a straight thriller. Oh, somebody's trying to get into the house. They're shooting arrows. Boom! That's it. It doesn't. It doesn't alienate those um, people who normally wouldn't uh, watch horror movies uh, at all. Yeah, yeah. I think like um, because I watched this on um, Hulu, and like the front page of Hulu actually plays it a little bit better because it shows um, the main character like with in that final scene through the window, like with an axe, like um, looking more a badass and and stuff like that. And I think that gives a little bit more of a better vibe of what the movie is actually is, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you are you guys going to have the Dwight Tilly band in your heads like all week now because of this movie? Is that is the magic song just going to keep repeating in your minds? <laughs> well, now, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's the one that, that was playing for the, like the um, neighbor's house. Neighbor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, why did you kill the. Uh, oh, did they just kill the neighbors because they knew like they would be run, trying to run to 
the neighbors. No, I think it was help? to try to like build up this like scenario where like oh there's these these killers these hills have eyes people just showed up and they're killing everybody. It's it was a totally random thing. It's not just well, this family. They were killing all everybody alibi. up here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. The the um, the boyfriend explains in the end like they had set up this big conspiracy. To which, by the way, if you really think about what he's saying, you're like. I don't know if that makes sense because he's telling Aaron she's supposed to be an innocent bystander. She was supposed to be a witness who had nothing to gain, right? An integral linchpin part of their plan. However, I'm with her. She says, you had to have known that I was going to be at risk that I could have gotten killed. Like, there was no way she was, like, not going to get brutally injured or maimed in some way. Like, that he thought, like, yeah, we'll just have, she'll be fine. Nobody will mess with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the yeah. family all completely sucks, especially Crispin. Like, her boyfriend, he is yeah. the worst. Uh, that's, like, one of the things, like, you ever, like, go and, like, meet, like, a significant other's family for the first time? And you're like, oh, wait, these people kind of suck, and maybe the person that I'm dating sucks. Maybe I need to rethink this. Like, and this is, like, the, like, <laughs> ultimate, like, like nightmare example of that. <laughs> this is, like, the family. This is the in-law litmus test is this movie. <laughs> you show up, and you're like, mm. Maybe those cro- when those arrows come through the window, maybe you're relieved a little bit. The dinner's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I really do like that the that that they show her innocence very early on of like she's just trying to like do good. She she definitely doesn't like you get that sense of like she doesn't have like a bad bone in her body. You know, she's very caring for people. She's trying to like be nice to everybody and and stuff like that and and um yeah it's definitely somebody uh, like these movies go like definitely somebody that does not deserve this at all like kind of thing so so um yeah definitely allows you to um like her like and like her very quickly um in order to like have that connection to her and 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 care for her like from the start like you do not want her to be like harmed in any way or yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. And once once she sort of um once she takes charge in the crisis situation, even just as a person before you realize she's got her like Australian crocodile dundee moves where she can mm-hmm. like people, you're like, "Oh, she's just like a cool person like she knows what to do. She's keeping her head. She's trying to put the pressure on here. She wants to like board up the windows. She knows where to hide. Like this is somebody who's trying to help us." And then you're also you're already on her side. And then once those killer instincts come out, you're like, "Whoa." Now I'm just kind of having fun watching her like tear through this house. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a it's it's kind of crazy because this actor, her name is Sharni Vinson. She's Australian. I would have thought this movie would have put her like on the map, uh, but she actually has, hasn't done much. Um, I would have thought for sure we would see her turn up in a bu- at least a bunch of horror movies or or kind of like you know now we're getting more uh, female led action movies. I would have thought for sure she would have been a perfect choice for something like that. But um, no, she's kind of all but disappeared a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked yeah. up a lot of the actors after this to like see. I was like, oh, do I know them from anything else? And it's like, no, not really. Like a lot of them just kind of mm-hmm. fallen off the map. Um, one of them, I guess, like tragically passed away a couple of years ago. Um, some because uh, I looked him up, uh, his last name is Tucci. I thought he might have been related to Stanley Tucci, but yeah, these guys kind of just like just vanished after this movie, and I was like, they're all really good. Like, what happened, you know? Yeah, especially um, Joe Swanberg, who's a director, mm-hmm. who's is you know he's like an indie mumblecore guy, um, but who knew like. He's a fantastic actor. Like he's such a dick in this movie. <laughs> and he's is so he the fun. older brother? 
Yes, he's the older brother who's like, you could do a lot with commercials in 30 seconds. Like, he plays that part so well. I thought the guy was great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that also, like, um, them being so unlikable and so quickly. And and also, like, her being so, um, the Aaron um, being so capable. And they're just, like, complete lack of capability. Like, you just, and not listening to her from the beginning very much like gets you a lot more off of their side and like to the point where like you're questioning for yourself like do i feel bad that these people are dying you know <laughs> like you're yeah. kind of asking for it you know <laughs> this uh, this woman is trying to help them trying to like point them in the right direction to survive them and then they just are like you know killing themselves selves off like lemmings you know kind of thing like just like when they're like like they're gonna die and somebody's got an arrow in his head and he's he's just like they're like arguing about who can do like a quicker 40 minute dash or whatever he's like i've got an arrow in me that doesn't affect your legs i was like what is going on with these horrible people (laughs) and it really does yeah like you said ariel like really you don't root for them. You're, like, almost rooting for the killers, like, because you're like, yeah, kill these people. They suck so much. And then you find out they're in, they're in it with the killers. You're like, okay, cool. Now I can, like, really root for, like, the, the main girl. Like, it's it's really just, yeah, it, it does a really good job of, of getting you on her side. Yeah. And this movie definitely, like, plays into, like, you could rewatch this a lot. Um, and I'm I'm very interested in rewatching it now, knowing you know what happens at the end, and kind of like listening to to dialogue that you know certain characters say uh, to kind of guess like like because I know like for for example the running one like the youngest brother kind of like was the one to suggest it, so you kind of get that sense of like oh he's pushing it for his own reason, he knows it's there kind of thing, so it's like yeah. Or knows something's yeah. gonna happen. I don't know if he knew exactly that that was there, but he knew that like they are waiting for them, like you yeah, kind of thing. He was counting yeah. on them like opening fire. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, like he's like, like let's Scooby Doo this group. Let's split them up. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, any any final thoughts on the movie here, guys? Before we wrap up. Um. Yeah. I. I. Um. I just also. Uh, I wanted to call out. Uh, the fact that, like, I also love these, like, ritzy sort of, like, clue house kind of movies. Like, again, oh. if you're not, it's just like that, like, if you're in a fanciful house with, like, where your nearest neighbor's, like, two miles away and there's a dinner party going on, there's some <laughs> shit about to go down. Uh, you're gonna <laughs> die or you're going to play a game of death or something weird is going to happen. Um, I just love the, I think this is like a a, a, a little scene subgenre is the, the clue house movies uh yeah. as i'll call them i think we need more of them i would love to see more of these types of movies and also i wanted to ask actually both of you a question um this is like a cinematic pet peeve of mine but whenever i see food in a movie if the food is not consumed i immediately get concerned with the food i'm like nobody's eating this like when kevin in home alone makes the mac and cheese and then he just leaves it i'm like oh my god just leaving the whole mac and cheese what's going on um, <laughs> Uh, when when that whole table of food gets knocked over by the math guy when he's mad, I was like, "Look at all the food!" I look at the bread basket oh. and get like, "Oh no!" Uh, is that just me? Yeah, <laughs> Matt, Matt, it's not real food. It's oh. glue and it's other stuff. So oh, you're okay. sometimes it's real food. The the food sometimes in Hawkeye was food. real. Yelena was eating real mac and cheese with sriracha. She's like, "Make sure you throw a real bottle of sriracha at me." Like oh. Bill Murray okay. would eat real cake and um. You know, but, but, yeah, they'll have spit buckets, you know. Yeah. But if they have screen 
food. It's usually not not real food. So yeah, so they make it look good. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying though. Like you know, like oh man, that looks so good. What a waste, you know. Oh yeah, I, I like I feel bad for the character, especially like Kevin and Home Alone. Not talking about Home Alone, but like Home Alone. Oddly enough, kind of plays into yeah. this movie where we're having setting traps for people that are breaking in. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the thing I always think of. I think of Kevin making the mac and cheese. He went through all that. He sets himself a candlelit dinner. <laughs> and then he has to walk away. And I always feel really bad for him. It's like an unnecessary yeah. layer of me feeling bad. Like, I already sympathize with this young boy whose life is in danger. I don't also need to feel bad that he's missing dinner, you know? Well, it's like in Harley Quinn where her whole, like, objective in Birds of Prey is just to eat that one egg sandwich and she just can't. Yeah. That's what that got me. And then when she gets it at the end, you're just like such catharsis. We're like, yes, you've been wanting this delicious sandwich the whole thing. Yeah. It's got the eggs and the cheese. Like, yes, yeah. go for it. Dude, 100%. That shot where that bacon, egg, and cheese goes flying out of her hands hurts me. <laughs> I see that shot and I'm like, no. <laughs> I think it's because, like, you know, everybody, I think food and eating food and that's why like you know food is such a, like a, a coming together kind of thing is because it's it's the net and the one of the most natural things that we do and we're everybody eats you know so it's very much um uh something that that if you want to gain sympathy fairly quickly you increase include food in some way you know either people eating or or you know in this case people losing food or not being able to eat food and stuff so yeah totally right it ups the vulnerability like um you just made me think of you know the part in raging bull where joe pesci is at home eating the spaghetti and then Robert De Niro comes in and beats the shit out of him in front of his front. <laughs> you kind of already now feel a little worse because he was in the middle of like Eating this giant spaghetti dinner. I think you're onto something. Boom! <laughs> I'm trying to get it. Come on, get at it. You know. <laughs> it ups not the, the vulnerability. Not, yeah, not the the um, example I was thinking of, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I never really thought of it that way, but that's a really good point. Well, uh, all right, guys. I guess uh, that that does it for us here. On underrated um we've been really honored to have you on man so uh matt why don't you tell everybody about your show and where they can listen to you thanks yeah um and by the way now that i've been here we're definitely gonna we've had derek on and we're gonna have to have derek on again but i think we should try and have all of the underrated podcast cast uh the undercast if you will uh yes our show. uh we're the matt and mark movie show you can find us wherever uh all the big platforms you know your apple Podcasts, spotify um check us out on instagram at the matt and mark movie show we're very active there it's a show that uh i started with my friend of 20 plus years mark yes i'm old i started it with my friend mark um we've been watching movies together for that long and it's really just us uh watching a movie reviewing stuff we go into movie news sometimes but we really just have a blast kind of talking to each other, catching up with each other and talking movies. We mostly talk new releases. We just came out with a, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a scream retrospective in honor of the new scream. And we're going to be reviewing that. So definitely stop by and check us out, especially if you're into genre stuff, action stuff, horror cult. Uh, we'd love to have you the Matt and Mark movie show. Yeah. And if you guys like what I like at all, um, definitely check that out. Cause like they always post their wrecks. They always do their wrecks at the end of the episode. And a lot of the time we are in alignment. I'm always commenting on Instagram. Like, Oh my god, you loved Cop Shop, I loved Cop Shop, you know, it's just like stuff like that. So thanks yeah, check them out. Podcast, I found they came together, which I love. So thank you all for that. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Like I, I love that movie and that's that's the goal. Like, you know, is to like get these movies that people might not have seen, they came together or 
um, you know, you're next, and so if we can bring these movies to more people, that's that's what we want to do. Um, but yeah, uh, we have been underrated. You know, if you guys liked us, to go ahead and subscribe on whatever podcasting app you're listening to. We're on all the apps. We're on YouTube. Um, if my camera ever works, I show up there sometimes. <laughs> Not usually it doesn't, as anybody who's watching now can tell. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, if you can review us, uh, we have a Patreon, um, you know, or just send us an email if you guys ever. We're always looking for recommendations for movies. Um, if you have a favorite underrated movie, let us know. Just send us an email at undercastcompany at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys again for listening, and I'll see you in another life. It's really amazing.